Greetings and welcome everyone. This is a healthy obsession, the podcast covering soccer culture from around the world. My name is Adam Thurwell. The show is brought to you by the one and only Small Goal Soccer. On this week's show, we are talking to Amadou Dia. He is a professional footballer for sport in Kansas City, formerly Phoenix Rising. We're going to be catching up on what his first season in Major League Soccer was like after a successful campaign with Sporting Kansas. We're going to be looking towards the season ahead as well, talking about his time in Phoenix, what he's been up to off the pitch, and loads more, including what football's been like during COVID time. Thanks for tuning in, checking the show out, and here we go. All right, so f- first of all, we, uh, we got a lot of people in Phoenix listening. So what's the message to the people of Phoenix who've got a lot of love for you? Uh, I miss my Phoenix Rising fans, man. <laughs> the, crazy, the craziness over there, I bet. But um, I was happy with how the team and the club handled everything with the pandemic and all the chaos that ensued with it. It's unfortunate that they didn't get to play the finals and win it because in the last three years gone to the finals twice and I know not to get a championship it hurts for the players just as bad as it get for the as it hurts just as bad as it hurts for the fans so next year yeah, yeah easily yeah. no doubt about it you guys picked up some players this offseason Bobby Dooley doing a lot of work so <laughs> yeah they're, they're strengthened for sure so what, what's it been like uh, just you mentioned it out from a playing perspective trying to get through the last year or so of going through adapt into training and playing under the like the circumstances of COVID? It was just a lot of um, adaptation. Mm. There was no consistency. You never knew what was going to happen. You could get a text message late at night, like practice is canceled, somebody got COVID or something like that. Or like our, the first time we heard about Corona, we were leaving for Atlanta that very next day. And Peter came out in the middle of practice, got a phone call, like, listen, the game's canceled and stuff like that. And so that was just the beginning of chaos. And then the end after it was just wait and adapt and adjust. That was the theme of the year. What, what's it like as a player being in a stadium without any fans? And like, is it like going to practice at first instead of playing in an actual match without a crowd and the noise? The way I first saw it was um, um, preseason games. No, there's not a lot of people at preseason games. It's quiet mm-hmm. and quiet, and you can hear the coaches and players yelling. And that's how it was at first. Kind of felt like a little bit of preseason. But as the season got going and we got more into a routine, it became more and more games and games. And we ended up ending up having fans towards the end. So it was really good for us. What's been uh, the move been like? So you started at Sport in Kansas originally, right? So you're, I think that was your first club yes, after sir. college? Yes, okay. sir. What, what's yes, happening sir. like going, going full circle? What's the, has the club changed quite a lot since you were first there, coming back now and joining back with the club? Uh, the, the priorities and the mentality is the same. It's you come to Kansas City and you're here to win. There's no messing around. You've got the top three clubs in the country. And so here mm-hmm. it's all about winning and doing everything you can to win. Things that have changed is the facility. Kansas City, in my opinion, has the best facility in the country. And they share with the U.S. national team. So it's unbelievable. If you ever get a chance to come check it out, you definitely should. It's ridiculous. So that's changed. Everything else, just about the same. If anything, everything just got better. And stadium is still amazing. Fans are still amazing. The guys are still funny. It's still cool. So (laughs) uh, to me, it was like coming back home. So it's good for me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's good. So what's that like, that gap in between all of that? So in between, you've been obviously at Phoenix Rising. Would you say that there's a, a big jump or has the USL closed the gap just as far as skill level goes, jumping from the USL back into the MLS? I think the USL has come a long ways in the mm. last several years, and I think they are closing the gap towards MLS. And so I think the MLS, in my opinion, is looking more and more players in the USL than they have in previous years. And that just shows, that just shows you how good and how improved the league has been from the coaches to the players to the organization and all. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what this past season, you guys were were first in the conference and and fell short in the playoffs. So goals the next season have got to be to get back to that cup final, right? And and kind of get back into the mix for the for the playoff cup. Yeah, we're disappointed in the way we went out in that game. We just had a bad twelve minutes. Got three goals scored on us, and just couldn't make it back. And we still think about it. we talk about it all the time. And so this year we're coming out and coming back with a vengeance and. I can't believe we went out like that. It still pisses me off thinking about it. So. <laughs> yeah, you're, um, you're like, we gotta th- we gotta thanks for bringing it up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think about it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it helps with the motivation, especially we don't know when season's going to start yet. The MLSPA mm. and the owners are still trying to sort out some of the CBA stuff. So we're still waiting on the schedule to come out. But as we wait, as we wait, we just got to be ready. Uh, a precedent could start at any time. It could start February 1st, could start in March. So right now I'm just mm. over here working on getting ready for the season. But we're coming in this year and we got to make it at least to the Western Conference Finals and win it. So Yeah, for sure. What's the, uh, as far as the, the the feel around the club, a lot of teams, when you do have a successful season, sometimes it's a bit of a dilemma for a coach to know whether to add players or let players go. It's got to be hard to get that balance right. So is the team going through a bit of a transition, just trying to strengthen again, or is it mainly keeping the same guys for the next round? Uh, I mean, that's out of my price range. So that's like the coaches and the owners and stuff. <laughs> we let them do what they need to do. And then yeah, but yeah. we have full trust in them. And so we know they know, we know that uh, by the time the season starts, they're going to they have done everything they can to make the team as the best as possible. And so right now with the season being on delay, we have no idea. We hear this, we hear that, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And so you got to, you got to deal with it and anything can happen at any moment. Yeah, for sure. And, and just for anyone listening, there's a lot of people listening just from different parts of the world that maybe haven't seen you play. What would you describe yourself as a player, just position-wise and, and the way you play, your style? I try to mimic a lot of the Marcelo. And so going up and down the sideline, flying up and down, getting as involved as much as possible in the attack and, and defending and just being absolutely savage and just no mercy. And so... That's the two things I focus on, be technically good on the ball and be an absolute monster off the ball. What, what were some of your favorite highlights from being in Phoenix, just from a playing perspective and maybe off the pitch as well? Was there a couple of things you like to do around the town in Phoenix? Well, my, one of my favorite highlights is my first game. It was Drogba's first game as well. And so I got him <laughs> nice. his, that assist for his first goal. So that's when started off. Couldn't have started any better in my Phoenix. And then the guys, we had a – Probably the closest team I've ever been part of is the Phoenix between the three years from like the Rambo and them until even last year, Solomon, Joey, all of them, Corey, like these are my guys, guys I will have for life. So, mm-hmm. and when we were 
off the field, we always hung out together, whether it was like at the apartments at the pool or down in Old Town wrecking havoc or what whatnot. <laughs> so we were very, very close. We were a very close group of guys. So I missed the boys and missed the fans. Fans were awesome always. Loved hearing them talk trash to the other players and stuff on the field. <laughs> it was amazing. Scottsdale, that's why it's really shocking to me that Scottsdale still does not have a MLS team. I think it's a perfect location, perfect fan base and they got it all to be an MLS team. Yeah, it's funny. We, we spoke to a couple of different rising players as well. I was actually speaking to Pete Ramage this morning and he kind of echoed the same thing, but also it was along the lines of Phoenix is, is quite an interesting market. It's an interesting city because it's such a big place, but soccer's still kind of like relatively new and, and growing a little bit here. So did you find that like Kansas is a, a big soccer town, right? Like it's, it's mm-hmm. a huge soccer market. So did you, do you see that contrast just from being out? Like as a player, you said that like going out, whether it was into town or like in Kansas, MLS is a different level. It's a different, a different vibe. So do, do you notice that? Is there quite a contrast or did you see Phoenix as something where it was maybe bigger than we take, uh, we take it for granted because we live here? Um, yes, like you said, Kansas is a big soccer town, but I think Phoenix is on the come up. I think a lot of the players around the USL, they want to come to Phoenix because of the market it has there and the fans it has there and the organization of the club. And so I would think, in my opinion, Phoenix is the top club in the USL. And I think a lot of people would agree with that, but it has to do a lot with the market and the players and the fans. And so... When we would go out and stuff like that, there were some people that would recognize us, like, oh, soccer team, you guys are awesome, and all that, which we really appreciated. But I think it's growing every year, and that's because mm-hmm. of the, the atmosphere and the players and coaches. I think Phoenix is it's on the come up, very, very much on the come up. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's good to hear. So uh, do you, your time now, like uh, with Kansas, as far as um, you guys have got pr- probably – what, two months before the preseason starts? Or when do you guys go back into preseason? Is that about a month away? Well, that's the thing. We don't know. There's rumors. Oh, you about said the you're not sure. Starting in, yeah, late April. There's rumors about the league starting on time. And so we have no idea. If the league starts on time, like we would report first day of February, but the league starts in late April, then we wouldn't report till mid March. And so right now it's yeah. just all up in the air, just waiting. What does that do for preparation, just as far as, like, are you guys training as a team right now or are you just training personally? And so a lot of people are starting to trickling in from Europe or visiting their families or wherever they are on vacation and stuff. But the facilities are open to go, for us to go and work out whenever we want. Some people go at the same time all in the morning. You can go, you can go and use the facility to your own, at your own, um, what's it called? At your own pace, basically, mm. whenever yeah. you want to. Like, there's nothing official. It's just whenever preseason starts, you just got to be ready. Yeah, ready to go. So you mentioned Marcelo there as far as like style of play goes. Is there anyone else that you've grown up just kind of idolizing and, and modeling, maybe just off the pitch and on the pitch as well? Is there anyone that you really look up to? Uh, Zinedine Zidane was my guy growing up. I mean, I used to play midfielder out here just like him, just as good as him too. No, <laughs> no, he was my favorite player growing up, and I got to meet him one time during ESP camp when he came to Colorado for a camp. And stuff, so that was surreal. But um, got to him, and the person I idolized the most in my life is my father, of course. I mean, he came from the slums of Africa and made it big time now here in America. And so everything I talked to him about, every he's the first person I call after every game. 
Because oh, I know he's the one that's not going to BS me and everything. And so talk to him, talk to him all the time. And whatever I need, I just ask him for help. Yeah, and that's good to have that relationship with your father encouraging as well. As far as like youth development, just to kind of take it back to the beginning for you, did you go through the like pretty standard American system of soccer, like playing club soccer, high school, college? Yes, I did. So I played for Real Colorado mm-hmm. uh, from U11 to U18. And then after 18, I went to Clemson for three and a half years, graduated early, and then went to the draft and got drafted, which is actually happening right now. So good luck to those guys that are being drafted today. Yeah. What, what do, what do you, Clemson having... guys got picked. Nice. Oh, there we go. So, so as far as like you going through that system and like being part of that, what, how do you see it now? Do you think that that's the right track and the right uh, like process for players to go along? Well, I think everybody's got their own different journeys. I mean, mm. if you look at my journey, I went, I did the traditional at first and then got drafted and then hurt myself and then went down to division two for three years. And now I'm back up here. There were there's some people that just go straight from high school to the pros or there's guys that go play one year of college and then go to the pros. So I think everybody's got their different journey. It's whatever, however it works out for you to accomplish your goals. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's something that comes up quite often when we're talking to different players and coaches is like just the U.S. soccer pyramid and track for players is very unique compared to England where I'm from or mm-hmm. just Europe it's it's like basically if you're you're good enough you're old enough in most of the world right and here it's a little bit different because yeah. you have the steps but I just wondered if it's changing a little bit here now because you see players that are like 16 17 18 going over to Europe even now and playing like I saw Matthew Hoppy's doing really well for Schalke and he's I think he's 18 years old so it's like they're cutting out the college part of it now maybe they are definitely it's definitely changing as in back in when I was in high school it was traditional way which is go to college and then get mm. drafted as of now we're trying to the, you can tell you soccer is trying to implement more of the European style and so they're trying to get these kids into the academies at an early age so by the time they're 15 and 16 they go over to Europe and join their academies mm. and they become better players and then they come back after to us or play for the u.s national team that's why you see a bunch of the u.s national team players now are all playing in europe hmm. and i think it's just going to go i think it's going to go more towards that direction where more players are going to start skipping college and try to go play in europe and, and i think you put you played when you were younger for the u.s team right was it u18 u16 u14 u18 u20s is that an ambition for you still get back in there get back in the conversation for the u.s team Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to do my best to try and get at least into the conversation. And so try to play for the U.S. national team or maybe the Senegal national team. Hey, there you go. So we shall nice. see what the year holds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see, who, uh, see who gets the cap first, huh? Mm-hmm. We'll see. We try to on the offseason and make sure I'm ready for the start of the season and then just go from there and just steps at a time one step at a time yeah no doubt so and we've talked to different players before we just talked I just mentioned we just spoke to Ramage and he's coaching again now so is that something that just you as a player think about a lot of players seem to be thinking it seems a common theme that they're thinking a little bit more about what's going on off the pitch just for the next part of their life whether it is staying involved in the game coaching are you not thinking that far ahead right now or are the things that you are interested in whether it's like business or coaching away from the field as well 
I mean, I always say like after after playing, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, but there's not really anything concrete yet. And yeah. so I'm hoping to win the lottery and can just retire and do nothing, but no luck so far. <laughs> go 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 buy yourself a team, maybe come run. Exactly. Maybe I'll come and bring Phoenix Rising to the MLS. There you go. If you if you could buy one team in the world, money's not an object, who would it be? I mean, I have to go my all-time team, which is Man U. Have there to. There we go. There we go. Have to. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love good, good answer. I'm from Manchester. That's the perfect answer. That's my team. There you go. There you go. Doing very well right now. First place. Keep it going. Yeah, it's interesting. So a lot of a lot of players don't watch a ton of soccer. Do you watch a lot of soccer away from when, like, obviously your I, own stuff and video? I mean, I watch a lot of game film after with assistant coaches and stuff. But when it comes to like Premier League and stuff, I try to watch at least the big games and stuff like that. Champions League, I'll watch at least mostly every game. But EPL, there's a lot of games. Mm. And usually it's like during the afternoons and stuff like that. But mm. I try to catch some games. Well, especially right now, there's like a match every 10 minutes. There's like mm-hmm. 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 1 o'clock. There's just games on all day, which is kind of nice. But it's like... Exactly. That- it, pretty much any time of the day you turn the TV on as a game going. So it's like yeah. so, soccer fan keep paradise. Right Hard now. to keep up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it 100% is. I'm like, because United played yesterday against, um, who did play? It's Fulham yesterday. So I'm like, oh, well, well, someday they had a game. And I'm like, oh, they probably won't have a game for a week or so now. And it's like, no, two days later. But that, that's yeah, got yeah, yeah. to be really taxing from a, a preparation standpoint, right? And like just physically yeah, yeah. for the players. Physically, yeah. I mean, last year we we started playing Saturday, Wednesday games for right. five weeks straight, and so that's what the time where you got to use everybody on your roster, which we were mm. able to. But at that time, you just got to buckle down and focus, and just take care of your body as much as possible. Is there a player that maybe a current player? Is there a current player that you would love to play alongside, like whether it's in Major League Soccer or just anywhere in the world? Is there a player that a current player that you would love to team up with? anywhere like you're talking like in the country or like anywhere in the, anywhere in the world anywhere in the world i think playing with uh kevin de bruyne would be pretty fantastic all right so we had this we had this today de bruyne in your team right now would you want the kevin de bruyne or bruno fernandez you're a manchester united fan so this is difficult without being biased who would you prefer to have in your team <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think Bruno is on form right now, so I have to go with Bruno. Yeah, but Bruno. Bruno is on form. I mean, I have to go with my main U guy versus the main city guy. Can't go against that. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I, I love. The but then again, it is. But, but then again, it is Kevin De Bruyne, and he's just silky smooth. So. I know this argument went on forever yesterday because it's like Kevin De Bruyne has got a bit of everything. It's kind of like Fernandez, but I don't think I've seen it for this amount of time, especially for Manchester United, where I mean, you could speak to this. One player comes into a squad and kind of changes the dynamic of everything, whether that's mindset. Like, have you experienced that before? Yeah, I mean, when Solo came onto the team, Mm. that happened basically changed just about everything we started going through him just basically took over slowly and slowly and so i've kind of experienced that i mean when you got big times players like Drogba that come in as well it changed everything and so i think there's certain players on the field that can affect a team like that definitely yeah, and I see Fer- is one of them 
Yeah, and double- Fernandez is definitely one of them too. Because he, is, no. as soon as he came in, it seems like Manu just took it to a whole nother level. Maybe it took him a couple, a little bit, but now you can tell, you can see the changes. Mm. And and I was watching the the highlights after the game yesterday, and the, the pundits were kind of talking through it, and they were highlighting Fernandez going around the field when he didn't have the ball. And he's just barking orders at everybody, shouting at people where to go. And I thought, like, you know, I've, I've played soccer at a reasonable level, and I thought that can go one or two ways sometimes because sometimes it's, some players take it the wrong way and they mm-hmm. take it maybe. But maybe at this level, especially for Manchester United, you think players are just enjoying that leadership and someone taking responsibility, and that's something that maybe Manchester United have missed for however long since we had a player like that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So it's good to see them on the come up now. Yeah, definitely. All right, so Kevin De Bruyne would be your pick, though, for someone to play alongside. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go with Kevin. <laughs> so, so what about uh, what about from a coaching perspective? Is there a manager? Obviously, you played under a few. I think you played under two different coaches at Rising, was it? You played under uh, obviously Rick Shantz, and were you there? Yeah, and Patrice. And Patrice, yeah. So, uh, have you got a, a coach now in the world that you really look to that you, you kind of admire what they're doing, whether it is a uh, Pep or an Ole or is there someone that you kind of like their style or the way they're doing things I've heard I've heard nothing from the is it the is it Swansea coach yeah Swansea the, Who, wait what's his the oh, yeah, dude that's I'm, always the, the guy that's always squatting down and Pep is like thinks he's a legend and everything oh, oh from, from from Leeds Bielsa Leeds sorry yeah it's yeah, Leeds yeah. it's Leeds yeah, yeah yeah I like to play under him yeah, and, and I heard from heard nothing but great things from him, and I heard it's intense over there. Like you gotta be one of the fittest, and it's just hundred percent, hundred miles an hour the whole time. Which kind of reminds me of my uh, coach Newton at Clemson. He was just about the same details, fittest, like work, press the whole time, and keep the ball mm. possession and pressing, and so. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting that a lot of coaches will look to Bielsa for uh, like their own style, like Guardiola, even Klopp. A lot of managers will point to Bielsa and say, yeah, well, I, I got my style from him. So it's almost like he's the, the godfather of that kind of high pressing style exactly. of soccer. He, he laid it down. But I find it interesting that he never really switches up from that. Like it's, even if they're losing, even if they've lost two games in a row, it's like, no, this is, this is the way we play. This is the philosophy. But I, I think from a playing perspective, does that burn players out just playing at that level for like, especially in an intense league, like the premier league, right? Like you're getting, it's a tough league to play in. So do you, do you think people burn out from that? I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta trust in your coach. I think whatever mm. tactics, I mean, and whatever tactics he puts out for the day or for the game, you got to follow with it and you got to put your trust in him and just go out there and do your job. And if everybody does the job and you have the right coach, then you should be getting the results. Yeah, definitely. And they're doing well this season. I mean, it's, it's kind of hit and miss, but for a team that just came up into the league, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are. And so I think that this is the first year back up and I think – they're learning as they go, but I think after they have a year under their belt, or year, or second year, second year. Mm. Uh, yes, second I year. think I think it's the second year. Yeah, because they were in yeah, the last second year. Now. Yeah, so they're moving up. They're gradually getting better, and I think yeah. if they get more experienced players, because I feel, they're young, are they not? Pretty yeah, it's young a pr- team. It's yeah, a pretty young so team. They get more yeah. experienced players, and the club grows and grows. I think they'll get be better and better. What, was that something that you'd like to do in the future? Is play over there, playing in Europe or uh, a different country? I would love to before I get too old because I do have my French passport. 
Oh, nice. Okay. I would count international squad. Yeah, exactly. So I'll do, that is one of my goals to try and play as well as I can for myself and for the team, obviously, but try and make it mm-hmm. at least play at least one year in Europe and see how I do over there compare. Yeah, that, that, that'd be cool. So, and just bringing it back domestically again, just looking at the next season, is there a team, are there a couple of teams in Major League Soccer that uh, you kind of like the way that they play? Obviously, we saw um, our crew, Columbus crew had a really good season, kind of, kind of a surprise, but is there a team that you guys kind of look to and have got one eye on thinking that they're on the come up and that they've got some good stuff going on? I mean, we haven't gotten really together as a team yet, so we, I can't tell you all what everybody's focused on and what teams are going to look like and stuff yet because there's a lot of movements, and then there's a lot of movements that haven't happened because of mm. the season not being announced yet. But right now it's just excitement, holding the excitement in and just waiting for the season to be announced. And then once that happens, I'll definitely call you back after <laughs> some of the guys and I'll let you know what we say. But yeah, we're we on an update. Yeah, just... I know is that we were really pissed about the way we went out last year. We're going mm. to make sure that's not going to happen again. Yeah, no, that's understandable. So what, what about now you've had some downtime? What's some stuff you like, just so people can see behind the curtain a little bit, what's some stuff you're getting up to off the pitch? You, you a FIFA player or music or what are you into? Uh, I'm all about, I watch too much TV. I've been told all the time, but I watch <laughs> shows like all day and I'll play a couple of video games, like campaign games, Call of Duty and some things like that. But I was really trying to lay low this year with the Corona and everything. And so mm-hmm. everybody had to adjust. I try to do the same and stay safe. And so this year was a lot of Netflix and video games. What, what have you been watching? What's the show? What's the go-to show? It's a go-to show. Money Heist is my go-to show always. But I'm also waiting. I've been waiting for a bunch of seasons to come out, like Ozark. I'm waiting for the final season of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> what else? Everything. So I watched it at all. Who's the DJ in the dressing room for sporting? Jalen Lindsay. We let the young kids do all that. They all they hear all the new music and all that <laughs> stuff. So they take over. Is, is that, that's, that, that's, that's like the hierarchy. So you, you like, as, as you get older as a player, you pass the baton to the younger players to be the DJ? Absolutely. Because then you're like, we don't know this. We haven't heard this. All that stuff. So they listen to all the new, new hip stuff that's always out. So we let them take care of that. Uh, I just think if this is like a, a which you're you're not the veteran in the team yet, but like when there's a veteran in the team that's like listening to like oldies or like older music, and the younger players just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the old guys, like Tim Melia and stuff like that. That's some old country and stuff. The young kids have no idea what it is. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're just not into it. I I love that though. I love that dynamic. Yeah. A, a, a dressing room is so interesting because you've got guys that are just on the front end of their career, like just getting into it, and then you've got guys that are like the the seasoned vets. You're probably just in between all of that right now, right? I'm right in the middle. Yeah. I'm really right in the middle. So I love it. I get to see it all. Ah, that's great, man. All right, cool. Well, before we let you go, what what do you got for us on uh, social media? Where you at? What are the handles? So uh, Instagram, Twitter, if you're doing any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got Instagram, I got Twitter. I don't really tweet, don't really like to post that much on social media, but I love to follow people. Twitter, I think to me, is the funniest app. 
there is out there. I love going on Twitter and just looking at what people are saying and all the trash talk and everything. So I love Twitter. But there, there, there are some very intelligent people on Twitter. That it's like it's like watching a TV show just reading through some of the threads on there. It's just hilarious. If you get funny, pe- funny people that like know what they're doing and know how to time stuff, mm-hmm. it, it, it surprises me how quick, especially even in soccer, how quick people are to come up with memes or like what whatever piece of content it is. How fast it happens, like something will happen in a game 20 seconds later there's like memes flying around on twitter and wherever it's ridiculous else. <laughs> i mean no yeah people are all over social media so props to them i thank them for it because i love the content so thank you to whoever does that <laughs> so but but you've got to lay low as a player right you got you got eyes everywhere now you got people watching so you got to make sure that you keep it wrapped up a little bit absolutely that's why i never retweet anything but I just laugh at it and that's it. So keep it yeah, PD yeah. on my Twitter and my social media. There you go. That's, that's the best. Just watch from afar. Exactly. All right, man, man. Well, listen, maybe when the season comes back on, we'll get you back in the mix. But it's good checking in. I'm sure all the Rising fans will uh, be looking forward to hearing from you and seeing that you're progressing well. Absolutely. I appreciate you. I appreciate the Rising fans. I miss all you guys, to be honest. I mean, we are planning are coming back to Arizona for preseason. So hopefully I get to see some of the fans and stuff out there while I'm out there. So I'll be cool. Next, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again. Yeah, no, that's great, my man. All right, well, listen, good luck in preseason. Once you guys get rolling again, then we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time, all right? I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, peace, somebody. Thanks. Take it easy. That's it. It's the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back on Tuesday, the weekly show. Myself, Thomas Hurdle. Until then, be safe, be well. Thank you for checking us out. Get with us on the web at healthyobsession.soccer. And we will see you all on the other side. Peace.